Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What it do? Welcome to the QTV podcast. We're so glad you could join us. My name is Bruno, and with me, as always, is my childhood friend and co-host, Nick Nicholasburg. Population Nick, how are you doing? Yeah, that that was my name from when I was a I de- declared myself to be an independent country, like a sovereign nation. Mm, for, sovereign it, nation, yeah. It lasted a couple days. I mean, it, we were a self governing country. The problem of is the, the import tax is how they get you. Bruno. Mm, yeah, that's true. Did yeah. you have your own flag though? Because no. that's the main thing. Oh man, no. see, we were working how, on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you know you've made it. You made it to the big, the big leagues when you've got yeah. your own flag. And believe it or not, there's there are people out there that like lean into this sovereign nation, free country type thing. And some of them just you know own a piece of land out in the middle of Utah, and they're just yeah. like nobody ever comes here, so I'm declaring it the state <laughs> of Clarence. And That's I'm right. like, okay, okay well, Wait, welcome. You, you do you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so much to talk about today, and another uh, another exciting podcast on the way. But uh, of course, okay, again, congratulations. Congratulations to uh, Russell Island Viking for winning our last uh, Pierce Unlimited giveaway. Um, yeah. He's getting shipped that uh, sweet prize pack. And of course, you too, listening, can also win that prize pack if you just give us a, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that will automatically get you in the running for the April giveaway merch pack compliments of Pierce Unlimited. So make sure to check that out. And of course, today's podcast, Bruno, is sponsored by Pierce Unlimited for marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business. Visit PierceUnlimited.com. Look at him go. Yes, I'm telling thank you. you, the man, the man is just all over it. And we really do appreciate uh, the community that we're building here. It's amazing to see the growth week after week um, and with each podcast episode that we release. So thank you again for just the amazing people that you are, for listening, for sharing. I mean, every time you like share our podcast on your social medias or anything like that, it helps us tremendous, tremendously. We see oh, yeah. it. We see the numbers mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, oh, you know, that was that was probably our our friend. You know, our our patrons, you know, our Patreon subscribers, they're helping us out. So um, I'm I'm really excited that we're just building an amazing community. And the reason you're here, obviously, is for the latest gaming news and just pop culture talk and fresh tech, all the good stuff. So, Nick, what do we have going on for today's episode? Well, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about uh, Jimmy Fallon, which actually, as of this podcast airing, will have already happened. He is uh, getting into the Twitch game, doing a Among Us stream with some other people from The Tonight Show. So we'll we'll be talking about that and just kind of the bigger, you know, network TV, almost kind of moving towards Twitch and and kind of the state of late night TV, right? I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. And also coming up later, uh, a story that resurfaced about the world's biggest Switch. This is something you have to see to believe. I posted a preview image on uh, our our Twitter, uh, quitthebuild.com, slash, uh, twitter.com slash quitthebuild, handle at quitthebuild, um, <laughs> where we, we previewed that thing where this guy, he put it, I think, in St. Jude's Hospital as a donation to them where he made this, like, this comedically oversized uh, Nintendo Switch. And also <laughs> we have the results from our QCB community poll talking about Titanfall um, and kind of what's coming down the pipeline for Apex nice. Legends and uh, seeing what the, what the community thinks there. So we'll get into that as well. But first, Bruno, the blockbuster story that has come across um, just in the last about 24 hours is all about E3. 
Ooh. So Bruno, you know, we have we have had a, a lot of conversations about E3 in just the last yeah. couple of months. And, you know, it's great to see that we're finally getting confirmation that E3 is going to be happening. And that is that is our wow. news article, Compliments of IGN. The Electronic I- Software Association has announced its plans for the first digital-only E3. How about that? What? I mean, yeah. that's crazy. So I, I honestly kind of didn't have my hopes up for any type of E3 resurrection. I thought there's no way they're going to go back to doing it once they realize they could get away with not doing it because the amount of marketing dollars sunk into a conference like E3 are astronomical. And honestly, you end up spending – you either you're, you either fall into two categories, right? If you're these companies, you either spend six months out of your year prepping for E3 or you throw it together in the last six minutes and it clearly shows on stage when <laughs> the, the demos don't go well or right. something happens, you know. So yeah. I I was very, very surprised to, to learn that this is – first of all, this is happening. But what do you think a digital-only E3 is going to look like? I mean I heard them mention something about maybe having a, a ticket price to, to, to view certain – events now that kind of bums me out because i'm like i I, i'm not for like paying for a ticket stuff especially for stuff that's been free to us forever and now you want us to pay a ticket price so you know you know initially there were some reports coming out that stated that they thought that they might be adding a paywall like you said where you actually do have to pay for admission into this event um but that has since been walked back so we do know that uh igm was told um, by this, by the the association behind it, that is going to be a free event for all attendees. So that's, oh, nice! That, that's the good news. Yeah, is that that yeah. is not happening? And yeah, I, and maybe maybe it was the you know the the attention that they got that they said yeah. you know hey we we're gonna try it. It's like it's like when Twitter. <laughs> I think it was like like a month or so ago. Twitter tried to put out that thing about uh, super tweets where you can like you can super oh, yeah, follow yeah. somebody. <laughs> And then you get like access to tweets that you brushed it under the rug. Yeah, that is is not coming back because Twitter was up in arms. Just run some ads like a normal website for God's sake, but which which they do. It seems like every other thing on my Twitch uh, feed isn't isn't is a promotion these days. But yeah, so we have a lot of uh, interesting kind of stories that are developing as a result of this. But before we get into the nitty gritty, Bruno, you know, this is this is my take right now on on E3. Yeah, you know, when I saw that it was canceled in in 2020. I was like, okay, like, you know, obviously with the, at the height of the pandemic, we had bigger fish to fry, but (laughs) (laughs) at the same time, it's like, you know, E3 is a staple. It has name recognition, whether or not it's a successfully run thing, you can argue until the cows come home, or if it's the same thing that it used to be in its prime back when you had to be a reporter to get, even get on the floor and they had these ridiculous displays to try and get your attention. Right. Yeah. Um, they build like gaming lounges in the middle of an expo (laughs) center, you know, there's like, there's like ring girls, like boxing yeah. ring girls, half yeah. you know, half dressed in you know that bikini wearing budget. and whatnot. Hey, let's get them in here. <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely part of the part of how they did it. And you know, the, obviously, we we had started to have a shift towards more of a an open access. You know, people have their time on stage to present what they're doing. But then yeah. 2020 came, and and E3 kind of went the way of the dodo. And I think there was definitely a question for most people of Is this going to come back? Yeah. And at, at my, my my initial take on it was. Uh, I don't think we really need it. But Bruno, there was that, and, and I mean no disrespect to IGN, because I think that they're one of the, the best you know gaming uh, news platforms out there yeah. right now on the internet. But they had that summer of gaming event in 2020 over the summer that was kind of supposed to be not 
it was unspoken, but kind of the replacement for E3. And it was spread out over a long stretch of time. And there was just not enough structure to it. You know, the, the hosting was weird. The segues were weird. The content of what you got was just not quality. Mm. Um, And again, you know, height of the pandemic, I totally get it. But seeing that made me miss E3. Mm. I want the hype back in gaming and E3 is yeah. the way to do it. And it felt like like the game awards. We talked about the game awards before. Oh yeah, yeah. Felt like more of an E3 than anything else we had gotten because at least the big game reveals were being saved for that event. Um that I am ready for an E3 to really knock it out of the park with the hype with quality presentations and to get us excited about games again. What do you think? Well, I mean, I've always been jealous of those who could go to E3 and I always thought maybe one day I'll do something uh, big enough in the gaming sphere and though I'll get a, you know, I'll get an okay or we'll be able to go or something. You know, over the years, we have gotten to this point where E3 has become a platform to show not necessarily upcoming games, but like ideas of games. And so I still have a sour taste in my mouth from previous E3s where we were shown, you know, footage of games that took three or four years to release. Or, you know, I think of most every Ubisoft release trailer with things like The Division and The Division 2 and not in-game footage. Yeah, yeah, not in-game footage. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're seeing this awesome stuff. And it's like, why even show us these hyper-realistic things to get us hyped for something that you're not even going to deliver us? And so I... I definitely missed E3 last year. It definitely felt like, you know, what, what how am I going to, you know, what do I have to look forward to? What do I know what's coming up? And so yeah. it was a scary year for video games, I think, personally, because, Extremely. you know, you wonder how these studios c- can survive. I mean, they're already skating on thin ice as it is, you know, with their budgets. So for them to have to tiptoe around a pandemic and and the economy that surrounds that, it's, it's very very, very, very hard. So kudos to them for bringing E3 back and trying to bring it back. Let's hope that we can get back to the the original E3 where we got previews of games that were done, previews of games that save it. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. you know, I, and I bring this up because it's 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 been happening a lot, but Netflix does a really good job of this. Like Netflix keeps a you know a tight lid, and so does Nintendo. Um, but Netflix keeps a tight lid on some of the IPs and new movies that they have coming, and then they'll all of a sudden drop a trailer, and it'll be like comes out this Friday or comes yeah. out at the end of the month or something. You're like, what? Yeah. And then it cuts down on like the hype factor that you have to wait for one of these you know movies. And so I think that games should be more like that. We don't need to know five years in advance that you're making a new a new Halo. I don't. Right need to know that like just tell me like a month beforehand and be like you you know remember this awesome game it's getting released you know and then just go balls to the wall own the the you know the gaming news cycle for a month instead of trying to compete with all these other things and be like well maybe it's you know gonna be okay if we release it alongside all these other things maybe it'll it'll sift through the top and i don't necessarily think that's the best way to go so right. 
I'm hoping that we see from E3 a return to actual footage, actual hype instead yeah. of like, okay, like, you know, I, I don't want to come in with a chip in, chip on my shoulder. And that's I feel te- like that's the, the what teaser I teaser trailers are what are the, the teaser trailers are what get you. Yeah, it's totally. where it's just like it, it's it's exciting, but it's like, man, knowing how the AAA, you know, cycle goes these days. Right. If you're just showing me and it's the first I've heard of it and I'm not seeing any in-game footage like right mentally, we're saying, oh, this has got to be four or five years out. You know, I, I, I think I think it was Apex Legends that when when they first announced the game, like it was ready to go. Yeah. They were like, here it is, play here it, it is. now. Yeah. And I, it, I think that's one of the, the main reasons why that game had such a massively successful launch and is still successful to this day yeah. is they had the right marketing strategy behind it. I want to see more of that, Bruno. I want I don't want I don't even want to see stuff that's like, hey, it's coming out this year. I want to see stuff Ooh, yeah. where it's like, it's coming out, but you can play it right now. Like, you know, literally the, the beta for this game has gone live or whatever. I know it's tough to yeah. keep that kind of thing tight-lipped with the way that leaks get out. Um, even if, you know, your staff is, you know, on, on the up and up, I'm sure the Epic Games store will spoil it long before anyone else does <laughs> but you know it, it, it that that type of release is so exciting because you how can how can you not be hyped for that right. where it's literally like i am going to go download this and play it now at least in some capacity yeah so and again with with the triple a development cycle that's tough to do you know apex legends was in a unique situation where they had the assets from titanfall and we'll be talking about both of those with our community poll later today oh, yeah. so i'll save that but you know, I, I, that's my favorite thing about when I'm when I get involved with E3 or a big reveal like that. I love it when something is available right away that I can sink my teeth into um, beyond just a, a trailer. So, uh, but it, let's get into the nitty gritty of actually what's yeah. going to be uh, so far. I was going to say confirmed. who's there, who's going to be there, right? Like who actually is going to decide to show up to this thing? Some interesting additions and some interesting omissions. So Ooh. one of the big ones is, and this is going to be from June 12th through the 15th um, for E3 2021. We already have confirmation that Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, and Warner Brothers Games will be making an appearance in some capacity during E3. So you got two of the three big hits. Nintendo and Xbox are going to be making an appearance. I would guess, Bruno, that this is where we're going to see the reveal for the whatever the Super Nintendo Switch is going to be. Ooh. Possibly even, you know, a, a reveal trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. I think if you're if you're going to drop it summer 2021 especially if you're aiming for a holiday release, you know, the big triumphant return of E3. Yeah. Um that's that's, that's exactly a, how you do it, right? That's a big marketing pull right there. I'm I I looked at the Take-Two Interactive and the Warner Brothers games and actually that kind of sparked my uh my memory for the um the new Batman game that's supposed to be coming out, right? Okay. There's like that I I forget what it's called exactly, but it's uh one where you get to play as uh I think it's like Nightwing and it's maybe it's like Gotham Knights or something. I think it might be what it's called, but gotcha. it's another Batman Arkham type game that's coming into the sphere. And it looked really good. I was in. I was. I yeah. was Jones to have something like that. So, I mean, Ubisoft. I'm sure we'll we'll get the same type of. You know, maybe maybe they're working on Division Three or another Watch Dogs game, or you yeah. know, who knows? I mean, there's Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So there's so many IPs that Ubisoft's they have. It's gonna, like, Ubisoft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Capcom. I mean, we might see some some interesting Street Fighter news from them. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't. I don't really know. I mean. 
mean, I'm still I, the the jury's still out, right? Because we haven't heard from PlayStation, and that's the really interesting thing. Didn't last, wasn't like okay, so not tw- E3 2020 because there was no E3 2020, but right. E3 2019. Didn't they do something different where like they didn't necessarily? I know Xbox had their own theater, right? They decided right. we're not going to be at at E3, we're going to be in the theater down the street. Didn't mm. uh, PlayStation do something similar where they kind of had like, we're changing it up this year. I remember there being some kind of news about Sony kind of breaking the mold of E3. And that was kind of when the conversations first started happening of like, man, maybe E3 as we know it is going to start to fall apart. Little did we yeah. know it would, it, yeah. would, it would, it would get dismantled for a whole different reason, but actually Bruno E3 in 2020, because remember it didn't get canceled until like last second, right? Cause that the yeah. pandemic was starting to really go into full, full bore at about the yeah, end of sure. March that before they had canceled, Sony had already made an announcement that they had no plans at all to attend E3. So wow. they, they had just completely disconnected from the process. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah, they have their own presentations, right? At the time, my response was, well, if you don't have anything to show, then I guess you wouldn't really show up. Now, would you? And that's honestly how I felt at the time, because I yeah. felt like the stuff they were showing me was was six, seven years out, maybe five, if you're, if you're lucky. And you wonder, like, okay, well, you've spoiled everything that you were... Right. You know, that you'd have had more to show this year. So what are you going to show? Like, what are they really going to wow us with? And that's a really interesting debacle to have. Like, at a certain point, you have to say, like, is it, you know, fiscally advantageous for us to to put on this huge spectacle of a show or should right. we just phone it in and be like you know we've got these coming out we and start doing things like the state of play yeah. so i i think we'll see more companies do this but if there's big announcements and there's something big to 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 announce a release e3 is the platform to do that and you're right, right. with with nintendo coming back i i don't foresee this being a a small e3 like i think we're gonna get some big releases here that yeah. we weren't ready for like i think we're kind of all expecting it to be small because we're like ah you know there was the pandemic but yeah not having that you know for an entire year i think we might be pleasantly surprised with uh what nintendo and xbox decide to release I think this holiday is going to be very hype. I think there's going to oh, be a yeah. lot of stuff that we're, we're going to be like, got to have this, that, and the other thing. Um, oh, yeah. Because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, these these companies got to make money, you know, and you can't yeah. just have another year of, of tepid releases and, and nothing exciting on the, on the docket. Now, it's not just Sony that is not on the list. And it is worth noting that as of recording this, this is the list of confirmed attendees. Now, they did come out and state, like, hey, these are people that we had uh, agreements with in advance that we could, as soon as we announced E3, we could announce that they were going to be there. Yeah. Doesn't, it does not mean that Sony's not going to be there. It yeah, doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that Square Enix is not going to be there. They're yeah. currently not on the list. So time will tell. Um, and maybe that's their strategy is wait for everyone to announce and then like a week beforehand be like, we're in. <laughs> um, and then and then try and wow us with something big. I guess we'll do yeah. it, right? Ah, okay, we'll show up. <laughs> hey, Bobby, yeah. why don't you grab the uh, grab the old uh, bottles there and break yeah. up with some service for us? Because we got an amazing right. uh, E3 in plan. <laughs> we got a show. So you know, yeah. So some of the the big names that are noted that, that are missing from the list from IGN's article is Square Enix, Sega, uh, Bandai Namco, 
Tencent, 505, and also Activision Blizzard. Now, it's meant, of course, it's also worth mm. mentioning Square Enix had their own presentation just recently. Yep. So pretty much, yep. I think all their cards are on the table. Frankly, yeah. with right now the current success of Outriders, they don't need to show anything. I mean, yeah. that. I mean, yeah. it's the game is going well. It had its launch day issues, Bruno. But I've been I've been popping on this thing on on Game Pass, you know, about once a day for a couple hours, and I am really enjoying the game. It is that's awesome. It's not reinventing the wheel by any any stretch of the imagination. It very much is just another one of those looter shooters. But it's got the mix of gameplay of skills and gunplay and 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 strategy that I am really digging this game. Um, it, it's huh. kind of my go-to and probably will be for a while. I have it downloaded. I'm just waiting to pop it open and play. You know, yeah. So. There you go. You know, there there we go. You've heard it from the man himself, the most influential up and coming gaming podcast there is. <laughs> Quit the build. That's it. Has it for you. What it do? What it do? But yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I understand why Square Enix is not in the mix right now, um, and also Activision Blizzard. They had their big reveals just recently as well. I think yeah. a lot of these of these uh, publishers said like, "Hey, we can't just sit around and wait for an event like E three to put our cards on the table. And I think a lot of these guys found enough success with their own independently produced reveals that they're probably going to continue down that path. And it may take a couple of years or it may not happen at all. You know, E3 could go the way of of malls where, yeah, you have the anchor (laughs) stores, right? But like the little, you know, little shops inside, your Auntie Anne's pretzels, they're going to probably not not be around there for too long. Or maybe they just like all, you know, secretly come into an agreement to say like, this is when we're going to agree to release stuff digitally and then we're just going to have a, you know, a digital. And maybe that's what E3 is trying to do, right? Maybe they're trying to push for that instead of everyone doing their own individual state of play and everything yeah. why don't you just do that during around you know around the time of E3 cuz you're right you know it, either everybody's going to jump on board or we're just going to start to see it straggle you know stragglers kind of you know dip off and when that happens at a certain point the organizers are going to say well we don't have enough uh, you know, brevity to continue this, or you know, right. there isn't enough stage play or presence for us to to warrant the amount of money that we're sinking into such a marketing endeavor. So, I think personally, it, it would be fine if it all went digital. Mm-hmm. However, I if I were E three, I would be worried because there's no way that they're going to get everyone else to agree. Like, it's not going to be like it was with like you know, $60 games when they're like, Oh, we're just all going to have $60 games and we're all going to release them on Tuesday. Is that cool with everyone? (laughs) Like, you know, like there was no, you know, there was the only reason it happened. Like that we have release on Tuesdays is because there was originally uh, movie releases on Fridays and there was a battle between Sega and Nintendo and they just tried to one up each other and they're like, okay, well let's release a Tuesday. Monday is a little too hard because Monday's where we draw the line. Yeah. That's where we draw the line. Everybody's got a case in the Mondays, right? We're not going to yeah. get in there, and you know, John's not going to fire up the coffee machine. Like, no. let's light this candle, let's go gold, baby. Like, it's yeah. not going to happen. So Tuesdays <laughs> are where it's at. But I don't think we're going to have that because, like you said, what if you can dominate the news cycle for an entire week or an entire month? Yeah. You know, what if you can? I mean, it would be hard to do it for a month, but Game Pass has done it. So let's not they say that you can't. Like, it, right? you know, it's yeah. it's possible to do that, mm-hmm. but. You know, when you're releasing everything along, you know, with everyone else at IGN, things get buried. You know, like, oh, I didn't see that, you know, Nintendo was doing this. You kind of focus in on, you know, whatever floats your boat, right? And then the rest of the stuff 
gets sifted through and you never, maybe you don't, you don't hear about it or yeah. it just doesn't come across your, you know, your path anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think personally, if, if, if I were the organizers of E3, I'd be a little worried about the future of the, of these types of events, because you're right. If, you know, it's, it's like we talked about with the pandemic now that everybody can prove that they can work from home and still be yeah. <laughs> functional. It's it's a hard sell to be like, well, you gotta be in the office. Well, why? Just because, you want to see my face like right you know so i think we might see more um more companies dip off in the future we'll see we'll see how successful e3 is in its return so that's really going to be the barometer it's very important that they get this right a lot of eyes are going to be on it and i I think i think they're going to get it right i really do i think they understand what the stakes are um they even said in in the uh, press release for this announcement of e3 2021 that they're going to have um live press conferences a four-day long video video stream and a quote reimagined and hyper engaged digital experience. So it looks like at least to some effect, they're going to be trying to mix things up in their own way. Um, and who knows exactly what that's going to look like. The caveat with that is there's a little asterisk next to the uh, live press conference on a, and a four-day-long video stream. It's just going to be a guy in his underwear, like, eating Cheetos between his bed and a beanbag chair. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch it's it. Just, <laughs> it's going to be like Craig's takes. Yeah. <laughs> What's Craig? Let's, we're going over to the Craig cam. Craig, what do you got for us? Man, <laughs> these Takis are to die for thanks oh, Craig. Man. we'll check back with him with you later <laughs> oh, i agree talkies are to die for in general uh let's see what happens and uh can't wait to see uh, what what june brings us for e3 2021 so best of luck with the uh, organizers for that event bruno yep. so much more news to get to and we're gonna get to it right after this we're back it is 4.19 p.m., just a minute shy of 4.20 for all you fans out there. But we do have some more gaming news to get to, and it's from one of my favorite talk show hosts. I mean, just the man in general, uh, former Barry Gibb uh, impersonator Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> what a do? Talking a lot on the Barry Gibb talk show. On the Barry talk show. Talking about issues. Talking about... Crazy cool medallions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and chest hair. <laughs> and chest hair. Yeah. Talking oh, about so chest funny. hair. Yeah, one of the great one of the greats. Anytime him and uh, Justin Timberlake got together, magic. <laughs> Absolute TV magic happened. But yeah, so Jimmy Fallon is kind of innovating, you know, what it means to be a late night talk show, I think, Bruno. We have seen this kind of thing happen before. It's not the first time. We have seen celebrities go on Twitch and have these big streams. But this yeah. one I think is a little bit different in the sense that He's making his streaming debut. You know, for for Jimmy Fallon, it's a first. Yeah. And they're going to be playing Among Us. They're going to have some people. Um, and again, this is as of this podcast airing, this will have already happened. Yeah. Um, where he's going to be playing with some celebrities along with some members from the the Roots crew. Of course. Uh, so Quest Love will be in the mix. Got to have Love, them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they'll be playing Among Us, and uh, you know that that that'll definitely be cool. I'm going to be wa- re- watching the you know what happened on that stream after. Uh, oh yeah. After we record this for sure, but you know it's important to spotlight this you know it, there's not a whole lot of news to talk about in terms of it happening it's just something that they said they're going to do yeah. but it's important because the tonight show is behind this right yeah and we have seen things happen a lot more in the past we talked about this where twitch is such a great place for celebrities 
or any big name that wants to kind of leverage their clout in order to create an interactive experience where people can talk to them like Snoop Dogg's now legendary meltdown uh, on, <laughs> yeah, on Madden. You know, it's all with good intentions because it, it's a place where people can come and watch what you do. I mean, we're yeah. just we're in we're in the age of streaming when it comes to uh, content creation machines like Twitch, like YouTube gaming, uh, like Facebook gaming, and you know, it's it's very cool to see a late night talk show try and reinvent themselves, Bruno. Because yeah. I think I think you can agree with me that late night TV is not where it used to be in terms of not only viewership but just how newer generations are consuming, consuming that kind media. of media, yep, right? Yep, exactly. You're, you're 100% right. I was thinking the exact same thing, that I haven't watched late-night talk shows in forever, but I do watch the clips all the time. So I like take those individual clips that they upload to YouTube, and I watch those like... You know, I'm like, sure, I can get exactly what I want, just the monologue, just the jokes, whatever it may be, whatever topic they're actually talking about. And I think it's true. And not only that, like, and, and I listen, I like, I like Seth Meyers. I like Jiminy Kimmel. Um, Jiminy Kimmel. <laughs> I like, uh, I like, you know, Jimmy Fallon. But mm. I will say that, like, Jimmy Kimmel is very out of touch with, like, you know, things like streaming Twitch and and what he's had. He's tried to have Twitch people like on the show before and he ends up just making fun of them really for like what they're doing instead of like embracing it. And right. I think that that's like that that kind of irks me a little bit, like just yeah. because I feel like don't alienate people that are supposed to be who your who your target audience yeah, is like you're definitely. alienating these people mm -hmm. because you don't you don't understand like playing video games. Like even Conan doesn't understand video games, but he's still like, yeah, let's play. Like, let's figure he out what this is. It. <laughs> yeah, he embraces it. Exactly. And that is one of my favorite segments with with Conan. I love mm -hmm. that they started doing that. The Clueless Gamer segment. I Clueless think they Gamer. It. Yep. Yep. Right, where the and and I love that he was able to make it into a thing because I mean Conan is all about self-deprecating humor, right? Yeah, yeah, that's just what he does, and so of course he's going to lean into the fact like I have no idea what these video games are about, and he's not mocking the games, but just mocking his Himself, understanding yeah. of the games. <laughs> Um, in, in a way that only Conan could. And it was when I first started to see those segments that I really started to identify more with what I was watching. And I mean, I was already a fan of Conan, but you're right, Bruno. Myself, like a lot of millennials and even younger and even older, I don't think it's confined to one generation, are cord cutting. Yeah. We yeah. are not consuming this media. We don't have access to this media in the way that we used to. And a lot of these shows aren't willing to put themselves on streaming platforms like Hulu and yep. Netflix in a way that you can easily access them. So a lot of these shows, you know, ever since uh, uh, Stephen Colbert went to went to late night there, you know, I haven't seen what he's been up to in a very long time. Yeah. That's a shame, but it is what it is. And as long as you are putting that type of program behind that that wall of you have to have access to network TV. Yeah. We see what's happening, you know, every every major service now is on their way or already is at a that's not gonna platform. work. That's not gonna work. I'm telling you, right. it's not. <laughs> like you know, there, we've talked about that before. There's, there's no way that you because, and Paramount Plus is the perfect example because before it was Paramount Plus, it was CBS All Access, and they had just like CBS shows, which was like, okay, why? It's like the Peacock. Why would I do yeah. that? Why would I subject myself to one station just for The Office? I don't think so. Like yes. that's not happening. That is you, you, you put your 
eggs in a basket that had a hole in it. You know, like there's no way yeah. I'm going to do that. So for me, and I'm not, I don't mean to pull my hipster card here, but I cut the cord back in like 2007, 2006, mainly because I nice. couldn't, couldn't afford it. Right. I couldn't afford it. And I was like, okay, I can get kind of the same stuff if I get Netflix and Hulu. And at the time they were each $9.99 a month. Yeah. So it was 20 bucks a month for me to have both of these things. Now, fast forward, I do have multiple streaming services, but I also also have a plethora of digital content uh, that's coming through things like Disney Plus, and like I said, now that they've reinvented Paramount Plus from CBS All Access to Paramount Plus, there's more and you know more stuff coming through there because believe me, Viacom has enough IPs through Comedy Central, uh, Nickelodeon, and MTV to keep uh, the millennial generation occupied for years. Like seriously, right. that's our childhood right there. <laughs> it's like. Every yeah. bit of our childhood into tweens and teens, like yeah. we, we were all there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's just great to see this this move towards having a big name like that on a streaming platform again. Not just Jimmy Fallon, but the Tonight Show behind it. And I I really hope it's a it's it's a massive success, Bruno. Yeah, you know, me too. gaming gaming is a universal hobby. You know, yeah. when yeah, people say that they're gamers, but you know, and our audience has a whole range of you know how interested they are in games, and it's very important to understand that. If you want to capture these younger viewers, you have to find ways to do that. And it's not yeah. going to be through the same formula of network TV. And executives yep. are picking up on that. Um, and I think that, you know, as we start to see more people like Jimmy Fallon take over late night TV as just time naturally progresses, I think we're going to see more like this, Bruno. I mean, just 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 imagine hypothetically if there was a show like Jimmy Fallon where the format was you're on Twitch, you're interviewing, you know, AAA celebrities you know, triple A, like their games, uh, you know, A-list <laughs> celebrities. Yeah. And, you know, afterwards, like you play a game together. Like that's the oh, format for the show. Cool. It's like a mix of like Meet the Press and Nick Arcade. I mean, I yeah. would I would be watching that probably almost every night, um, especially when it's in a live format, because that that Twitch format where you can interact with other people. Listen, I mean, that's the best thing to ever happen to chat was the Bob Ross channel. Like when they put so Bob great. Ross on Twitch, like I knew I was like, and then they actually put like the entire Pokemon series on yeah. Twitch. That was so fun. It was so fun to spend every day watching like Pokemon with like thousands of other people that were that were like yep. typing in the chat of like what was happening or like oh like you know Ash like you know it bit the dust on that one or you know come on Pikachu get him like yeah. I I'm I think that we're really on the precipice of something interesting when it comes to like being able to chat with other people that are watching some type of streaming thing. And I think about like uh, Spotify's feature of like, listen now. So there's a Spotify feature where you can listen to a song and then you, or, you know, a playlist, whatever it may be. And then streamers like ourselves um, or uh, influencers can share that. And you can listen to it in real time with them as they're listening to their playlist, whether it's on stream or during a workout or something. And I think if we took that and kind of amplified that with a chat section, I, I, I think it would be hilarious to watch every show with a chat section. Yeah. Like I would want to watch shows that I've never watched before. Like I would, my wife would be like, I'm going to watch this is us and I'm going to cry. So I'm going to go to the bedroom and I'd be like, I yeah. want to watch it with you with the chat on. Like yes. I, I want to see what the everywhere. chat has. 
Right. <laughs> I want to see what they have to say about every little thing because yeah. it's almost like Mystery Science Theater 3000, right? You've mm-hmm. got tons of people in there and sometimes like the chat is the most interesting thing about the whatever it is that you're watching, the fact that you have that interaction with them, you're so right. And, you know, I as we move into to more chat features like that, I really hope that we see it with other platforms because why not? Why not give people that opportunity to sit there and, and connect with each other? I would do it. I would want to watch it. I, I think it's hilarious. Like I said, I love that kind of backseat gaming <laughs> style yeah. commentary. <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, I just just as soon as I heard this, I'm like, that's awesome. And we again, we have seen big uh, streams happen before, you know, where where we saw like, I think it was uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She also yeah, streams among us, right, as a part of like raising awareness about voting and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, Jimmy Fallon is very much a gamer. Um, he I believe his show was one of the first to have a reveal of the Nintendo Switch back in uh, 2016. Oh, wow. So, I mean, he's he's very much connected like that. And I think that if you're going to have that type of, of personality going forward, you need to have someone in their credentials that they are able to connect with this audience that is increasingly more and more integrated into not just gaming, but streaming services. You have, you have things like, uh, what, like, like clubhouse style audio now, that kind of thing where people can like tune into live, um, you know, sessions of listening to like, you know, big names talk about things and kind of be in a community of people that are listening at the same time. And so Twitch is the only thing. Yeah, NASCAR does that. Yeah, so when you go to, like, a NASCAR race, you'll see tons of people on with, like, huge earphones like this. And everyone's always like, what are they listening to? They're listening to the drivers. Like, you can listen in to the drivers, the pit crew, you know, hear everything what they're saying and and get, you know, so much more depth from whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Immersion from, from what it is that you're participating in. And I think those levels of integration are truly amazing. I mean, I, I think about, you know, I think about things like AR technology and and the HoloLens. Microsoft just landed that that huge HoloLens deal with the military. And I mean, yeah. how cool would it be to like have a set of glasses that you could like turn on tablet style and then maybe get a heads up display of, you know, IMDB information regarding the TV show that you're watching. Or right. you could have something where it would have little trivia pop-up for you like pop-up video you know you know (laughs) you know brought in from like imdb imdb of all the little trivia things i would be on board with that so quick i would because you know that's all what i'm doing anyway on my phone i'm like who what else did she play in (laughs) let me imdb this really quick what was she in previously oh that's what it is right (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah i think we're still a ways off from ar technology being you know mainstream enough that it's possible niantic actually the people behind uh, pokemon go and ingress have uh were teasing i think just last week about their ar like glasses that they're trying to create so I mean, look, people are are, are pushing for this, and yeah. they have the backing of Google, so it's it's very much possible um, hmm. that you know we could see something like that. But it, you know, just in, in the in the short term, I think it's awesome to see someone like Fallon do this. I hope it's an overwhelming success. I hope that the numbers are just too big to ignore 
for The Tonight Show and for NBC, and that this is kind of the the thing that kicks off a new wave of big-name personalities taking their formats into the Twitch sphere, where talk shows are already a thing, right? Like, we're we're, right now, we're screening as a talk show. You know, at twitch.tv slash quit the build. So, you know, it, it's it's great to see um, a big name kind of have that same idea and and run with the format. So um, definitely we'll be checking that out. But Bruno, we got another story here. What do we got? And this is this one is is pretty fun. This is the one that we uh, we previewed there on our Twitch or rather our uh, Twitter. I get Twitch and Twitter. Twitcher. Twitcher. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but no, so it's about the world's biggest switch, man. Hey! This thing is, this thing is absolutely massive. So it's this not guy, edible, is it? You should not eat it. Okay, okay. You I w- should I would not, not eat rec- it. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine the the amount of bitter taste that they'd have to put on a, a, yeah. <laughs> a Nintendo Switch cartridge this big? <laughs> yeah, that's not not advisable. But no, you know. And it's good. It's just kind of ironic because like the the Switch's portability, right, is like the big feature that you think about when you when you think about a Switch. And someone was like, "I'm gonna take that and make it as large as possible." And so <laughs> this is immovable. <laughs> yeah, hat tip to uh, CNET uh, for this article. Um, and this is about a guy, an engineer. His name is Michael Pick. He's known as the Casual Engineer on YouTube. Um, that he decided, you know, what what else would you do with a switch if you're an engineer? Obviously, you're going to make it 650% larger. <laughs> nice, and yes, so, as one does. As one does. And so he created this absolutely mammoth switch that it, 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 it kind of looks like a frame for a TV, but it's a lot more because it is a 65-pound, fully playable Nintendo Switch. This thing Whoa. is like, yeah, so it, it measures out at about six feet uh, by two and a half feet and it, it's it's a larger than life thing and it's essentially Whoa. it's essentially when you actually look inside and see like what is the, the the inner contents of this device it's just a tv that's been docked like it's a docked switch inside yeah, yeah. yeah right yeah. it's connected yeah. and then like he's got everything rigged up so there's these like, you know larger than life size buttons and and joy cons that are actually like moving the little tiny joy con inside that seems like you something you see from like <laughs> disney like i went on a disney cruise when i was younger right you yeah. you got the big red boat but before they were the or after they were the big red boat they went they were regular disney cruise line and i remember they had like this like kids zone right for like yeah. i don't know like 11 to 14 year olds 13 year olds something like that 10 to 13 year olds and they had something similar but it was nintendo 64 they had like a huge uh, controller in there that like, you know, had like a big joystick and whatnot. And that's how you got around the, you know, played the games was with a yeah. giant, you know, controller. So this has definitely been done before. Not that it's not any less cool, but it totally feels like something you'd see at like Nintendo World. You know, you yeah. go in there, play the largest Nintendo Switch. So yeah, the only bad thing about this is that Michael's probably going to get like a cease and desist letter from <laughs> Nintendo. Oh, here. they're probably <laughs> drafting it as we speak, boy. That's what they do. You can't do this. You can't not, do this. Right. You can't make a larger version. You can't put a switch inside of a switch, <laughs> which is what he did. It. You can't yeah. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> We're coming for you. But no, yeah, you know, it, it's essentially just, you know, yeah, like the, the, the thing is rigged up so that you push a button and there's a little thing that pushes the little tinier button yeah. on the Joy-Con. And so it, it's a fun idea. It's not something that's actually practical, but obviously he's going to get some clicks on YouTube how, because of the shock factor. How big is it? Like, how big is it physically? Well, the guy showed, like, a picture of him holding it, and, like, you could barely see him. So <laughs> take take that for what you will. 
like it went from his neck down to like his uh, his below his waist. So it, it's the thing is absolutely wombo sized, and it's actually wombo. intended. W for wombo, right? SpongeBob yep. reference. Yeah. Did you try W for wombo? Um, that you know, it, it's on a 4K TV. And it is actually being made for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So that's, the, the, the you know, guys, that's awesome. Yeah, the guy's doing it for a good cause. Now, do I want to sneak into St. Jude's Children's Hospital to play this thing? Absolutely. I'll work that part out later. Well, I'm. Well, that makes me have you know more faith that maybe Nintendo won't look at this and be like, okay. Oh, they'll still do can, it. <laughs> Could they you imagine care. them like you know yeah. like you, we you know <laughs> I, they use like a, the St. Jude's like commercials all the time and you know there's all the the sick kids in there but they're all so bright and shining and smiling because they're kids right and then right. in comes like Nintendo you know bowser take away their console. <laughs> bowser either one really ceo yeah. or or actual bowser Correct. comes right. we in have two bowsers now yeah <laughs> and just like give me the game kid but sir this is our only form of entertainment i don't care <laughs> it's mine andy you've been served <laughs> but yeah you know it, it's a great idea and it's for a great cause you know it, it reminds me of I always remember going into like dentist office or like doctor's offices where they would have like some kind of video game display or setup for kids to play where did you go to the dentist apparently really cool right really cool doctor's (laughs) offices but they would have like these like weird like they had when I went to the dentist was a tooth chair it was a chair shaped like a tooth and that was the coolest thing for me yeah like they were almost set up like those uh like when you walk into a Walmart and there'd be like those you know like a PS2 controller that's like on like a weird like mount you know and like there'd be a game like already on there and you couldn't control what game it was and it was like kind of tooth man Right, it was like created to be its own. Probably, <laughs> there's probably a Toothman game How out there. Get that IP, I don't know. <laughs> there, there was a game for the. I think it was Super Nintendo, about a guy that was like teaching kids about diabetes. I think it was Novelin Man. Oh, so you can, I'm serious. Like it was a real game. Insulin so, Man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you you can have a game about anything, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> In the well, world Pepsi, of Pepsi, uh, you know, I mean, like Pepsi and uh, Seven Up came up with, you know, there was the Seven uh, Up Cool Spot, and then Pepsi Man himself. Pepsi which, Man, you you said it best. There's there's never been a game quite like Pepsi Man, where you're not simultaneously running from Pepsi while using Pepsi to become more Pepsi. Right, as you're, you're trying to deliver Pepsi to people that need Pepsi while also running away from an entire city <laughs> full of Pepsi. It's it's something you have to see to believe. I tell you what, <laughs> the PlayStation One uh, days were uh, were wild and wacky, but um, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's cool to see, and I, you know, I, I love that kind of thing. I I always remember for like larger than life uh, versions of things. Do you remember like when when the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, was in its prime? You go into like Sears, and they would have that display at the electronics counter that was like that giant Game giant Boy screen. Game Boy, yeah. yeah. Like, that kind of thing was so cool. And it was obviously, you know, uniquely made that you could play in that way. Um, and it, they don't it, care it, anymore. Yeah. They don't, they don't care about kids they anymore. They don't care. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they don't care about. No, that's not true because kids get way cooler toys now than, the, like, yeah. we ever did. Like, oh, for listen, sure. I, you know, I, I look at, like, some of the stuff we had as kids. Like, you know, the masks, the Spider-Man masks or Power Rangers outfits. And then you go into, you know, a store nowadays for, like, Halloween. And it's, like, they have an actual Power Rangers, like, whole mask and setup yeah. for kids. You're like, yeah. what? It's an actual functioning helmet? They didn't right. have this when I was little. It's a heads-up like, display in here. 
What? It's got functioning uh, flight control? This is crazy. This is not safe for a seven-year-old. We were just happy when we got those gloves that, like, when you, like, would karate chop, it would go. Yeah. Like, that's all we needed. Oh, man. Or, like, the home, uh, you know, one of my favorite things was the home uh, laser tag. Laser tag, dude. Gotta love that. It was the coolest thing. And, like, I, I still have the fondest memories of, like, the birthday parties where we would bust these things out because like they would have like teams it'd be like a red and blue team they still make these kind of things even to this day but back then it was so novel of like having a laser tag fight you know at your home and you could create the areas and the sky was the limit man like that was that that's kind of stuff was wild and i think we could do that type of you know like that's what i that's where i see the future of things like ar technology i think you know, one of the things that I'd really like to see AR move into is board game, the board game space. I think board games would eat up an AR type of something, you know, around them. Could you imagine like pieces moving and animating forward? Or, uh, you know, I think of something like Wizard's Chest from Harry Potter, where (laughs) they're like slicing each other in half. That would be so cool to see when, you know, on your table right in front of you. So AR tech technology i think you know while everyone was like vr is the future i think there is a place for ar like i think it's you know everyday life and i think that we could probably see some really cool things with um board games and physical things but we're already seeing it with pokemon go like you said so we have got our uh, qtb community poll this is a big one so of course one of the perks of following us on twitter at quit the build is that you get access to, um, of course, all of our spicy memes and content, but also our community polls um, that we put out where you get a shout-out if you give us a vote and a retweet. And our community question for this episode was a bit of a landslide, Bruno. You know, Uh-oh. we've had some pretty close close polls in the past, but this one by far has been I the biggest blowout. I think I threw blowout. off the curve. Well, well, we'll talk about it. So yeah, the, <laughs> the question was about, about Titanfall. So recently, Apex Legends made the announcement that their upcoming season of Titanfall, or uh, of Apex Legends, but the Apex <laughs> Legends announced that their upcoming season of Apex Legends is going to be heavily influenced by Titanfall. It's going to be a lot of Titanfall-themed content. Now, we know that in the past, they have said that they have tried to figure out ways to put more Titanfall in Apex Legends. Again, it's the same universe, right? Apex Legends yeah. is essentially the aftermath of the wars with the Titans. Um, it's kind of the next chapter of like what is okay. life like, you know, after yeah. after Titanfall 2 and, yeah. and all the, the crazy stuff that happened. And But they said that they just kind of like, you know, the planes in Fortnite. Like they couldn't find a way to balance it where if you're calling in a Titan, you know, how, how do you make that work in a Battle Royale style format? Um, just, give just give it to him, bro. Like, give it to him. You win. Give it to him. You you're the, win. You're the winner. Yeah, exactly. You win. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so my my question was this because we know that they they did confirm back in 2019 that they were not developing uh, a Titanfall three, and I I can't I can't tell you how many times I've seen Titanfall one and Titanfall two trending on Twitter. People yeah, still, still love these games. Titanfall two is still a, such a great game to come back to. It's it's mm. got that fast style gameplay coupled with high tech weapons and of course Titans yeah. that just made the game a blast to play. And so my question was, if you could only have one of the of the following two things, which would you rather have? Titanfall three or have Titanfall permanently more integrated into Apex Legends. Yeah. And we had a lot of votes, and the overwhelming majority, 84 85%, said they would prefer Titanfall 3. One guy actually messaged me and said, whoops, sorry, I meant to vote for Titanfall 3. Voted for Apex. <laughs> 
So really, it's probably even more. Wow. Yeah, I threw off the curve on that because I definitely thought, so here's here's my, this is my glass half full brain, right? Because when you say like Titanfall integrated with Apex, I think the best of both worlds. Like I yeah. want to be able to do the the wall running. I, I missed that with um with with Titanfall. That didn't really translate to Apex. I really liked the fast style of that. And I I want the Titans in there as well. Like I want the all the different Titans that they had. And if they could have it, so basically it was just like Apex Legends plus the different stuff with Titanfall, I yeah. think it would be amazing. That would be an amazing game. But you're right. We're getting into like there's so much like into something like that how do you balance it but you know they the same question was had when they released it for multiplayer so it's not right. like we haven't had titanfall in a competitive arena before like you know there was a time limit on when you'd get your titan and you could get it faster if you got more kills and that kind of thing maybe that's something they could do with you know apex legends i really liked apex legends but i didn't really care for the style of how they released content in terms of like making the heroes downloadable or, or um pay pay right. for these these uh heroes whatever you want to call them operators I, I think they're they might be called um but you know are uh legends <laughs> yeah. um but you know in in the game it's just it's for me it's just so so disappointing to be to like hop back in and see like all these new characters that i can't play because right. you know i don't i don't have access to them and i'm not about you know i'm not ready to drop you know, three or four dollars on each legend yeah. to, you know, try them out when I haven't played in so long. I'm like, uh, what am I missing here? And the same kind of goes with like Call of Duty Warzone, right? Like I get into this position where I'm like, what am I missing by not having these guns that other people have like if you get a certain gun it was almost like you know and then this goes back to destiny too like if you didn't have this gun you couldn't be competitive in the game and i don't like that aspect of multiplayer games it, it, you should be able to play the game at a competitive level along right. with everyone there shouldn't be weapons that you only get out of a loot box it should be cosmetic items not things that actually change yeah. the way you play the game it can be tough to go from a game like Fortnite, right where obviously when a new season comes along the things that they're enticing you with are strictly cosmetic um to move into this world where you're in apex right and a new character comes around a champion comes along and it's like oh man i really want to try their kit you yeah, know, but I, I have to I have to play by their rules. And, uh, you know, Apex Legends, it is what it is. You know, they, they yep. definitely cemented themselves as as kind of the alternative to Fortnite. They definitely yep. managed to quickly muscle PUBG out of that spotlight um, of being like, hey, we, we've got something different here for you <laughs> that we're supporting and like, get out of here. Play, get out of here. Um, I mean, they're, they're still around. Don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, it's it's been a struggle for them to to remain relevant, I think, in, in 2020 and beyond. Um, but yeah, you know, and I get it. I, I really want to see a Titanfall 3. I think yeah, so many people do. And it's just so disheartening to see the success of the game and to see the servers for Titanfall 2 as robust as they are right now. Um, and, and to think that, you know, Apex kind of derailed that. Um, I, yeah. I, I, it, it really is a shame. I would at least like to see, you know, if you're not going to make a Titanfall 3, maybe there's some kind of way to continue to monetize Titanfall 2 
and come out with some content updates or something. Like, I mean, you don't need to reinvent the wheel with these types of games. You don't need to be Call of Duty. Yeah. And put why out a not just game. Why not just have a separate, you know, Titanfall, you know, Warzone type yeah. battle royale? Like, you know, say, okay, well, we're going to add this to the game and have right. these two modes within the same game. Why not do that and yeah. let that be a part of the uh, the same you know, universe in that respect. So I don't know. I think that a lot of times, you know, really what it comes down to is, you know, strict old white dudes that are still in charge of the stuff that nobody's going to want that. Like, we're not going to fund that. And it's like, Really, like, think about the. Did, have, when's the last time you played a video game? First of all, that's the first question <laughs> you have to ask these executives. Like, when's the last time you played a video game? Second of all, think about yeah, the Kimmel. games that you. <laughs> yeah, Jiminy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, at at a certain point, you have to wonder, like, what could we gain from from just thinking like a kid and saying, let's add it, let's just do it. And I think that that's what Fortnite really does well. They don't look at something and say, eh, that doesn't really fit into the game. They just throw it in the game, and then if it it. doesn't work, we'll try it. Yeah, well, you know, and people will dip off, and then, you know, they'll be like, ah, okay, so we saw a dip off in that. Let's let's take the plane out, and then uh, we'll try something. We don't want the plane. So, whatever. You know, I mean, I think it's just something that you can can try things and not, not get rid of your player base. Like, they're not, they're not a one and done thing you know it's not like ah, i'm never going back to this restaurant again because i got food poisoning like you know you're it's not the same it's not the same effect you're just like i don't really care for planes in Fortnite. i'm not gonna play this for you know a little bit and then they get rid of them you come back and you're like okay now it's better i think i've gotten both me and my wife have probably gotten uh, like some form of food poisoning from chipotle probably twice in our lives and we still come back you still go back (laughs) we take like a six-month hiatus like we stick it to the man but eventually we're like man i'm (laughs) Stick it to the man. I want I want a slug of a burrito, and that's that's where I'm gonna get it. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't learn, but you know, it, it's 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 very very interesting poll, and by far our biggest you know landslide, I think, as as far as as that is concerned. Well, anyway, special thanks to our retweets for that poll, Pierce Unlimited, David Markham. Um, Pod Threads, of course, Lordwin05, and Vaporwave. Thanks, everybody, so much for doing that. Uh, thanks for participating in the poll. It's always fun yeah. to see the community's feedback on these on these types of games and, and questions. And, uh, yeah, Bruno, well, that's going to about do it for today's podcast. Again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And like like you talked about before, Bruno, you know, word of mouth really is, you know, even in 2021 and beyond, kind oh, yeah. of the way that that word gets around. And so it, it means the world to us when you uh, recommend us to a friend or family member or someone that you know that might be into gaming. Um, thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for all the great reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah. Not done so already. Remember that putting putting your name in the ring there with a review will get you in the running for that sweet uh, Pierce Unlimited Pop Art merch. Um, also, check out our website. Of course, we've got quitthebuild.com. Uh, our blog there is waiting for you with all sorts of great articles um, and some and some new articles on the way. And I'll tell you, Bruno, we have got a jam-packed lineup. This is going to be the last episode with, like, no interview or special guest appearance for a while. Right, um, yeah. the, the month is pretty booked for us. We've got some really cool things on the way. 
Um, we've got uh, a guy by the name of uh, Sega Master Tim is what he goes by, a guy that Ooh. used to work for Sega, one of their uh, their hotlines back in the day. Nice. Um, I can't wait for that interview. Also coming up this Saturday is one of our first full collab with another podcast, uh, the Decent Takes Podcast. Nice. These guys are awesome. Yeah, and and we have been kind of kind of talking with them for a while about doing this, and it's great to see it come to fruition. So I'm going to be appearing on their podcast that's going to air uh, on Saturday, the same day that our next episode will air. And we're Woo! also going to have Jav from a Decent Takes join us. He's the bigger gamer of the two. Um, <laughs> that he will be joining us for our episode on Saturday as well. So it'll kind of be a, uh, a dual release there of, uh, nice. of us appearing on each other's shows. Can't wait for that. Um, and also big names from other you know uh, indie game studios that we're looking forward to having on. Um, so can't wait to make it happen, man. Yeah. And just be sure to uh, join our growing community, guys. We want you to be a part of it. Like this isn't just uh, us talking to each other about video games although that's what you're listening to you're joining the qtb crew right you're gonna follow us around the web because we're everywhere we're on tiktok youtube twitter facebook instagram we have a discord and we even have a patreon for for our really loyal fans out there where you can get exclusive pierce pop art vaulted merch um you get exclusive access to our nostalgia vault episodes which there's going to be a new one recorded here very soon so thank you to all our patrons uh for your support and uh don't wait join team qtb today you can grab yourself some swag that's squad swag from our website (laughs) um we've got awesome t-shirts there and we've got some amazing things coming down the pipeline i'm very very excited about it i mean and like you said it's booked and bruno of course a special thanks to our patreon supporters like nick nick and epic capture productions thanks so much guys and if you want to shout out again you can check us out at patreon.com slash quit the build that's all i got bruno that's all i have until next time for nick i'm bruno and for bruno i'm nick peace out what it do